We boarded the plane at Darwin, fully expecting the flight back to Alice Springs to be a non-event. People were still boarding when Travis decided he wanted to sit by the window. And then he didn't. Then he did. Then he didn't. And then he did. Too bad, I said, refusing to move seats again. I pity the person you sat next to for 20-something hours when you flew to Australia. You really wouldn't, he said. He leaned in real close. We ended up joining the male high club. My eyes shot to his and I glared. Instantly, jealousy, anger and hurt flared in my belly. Travis threw back his head and laughed, making a few of the other people still bored in the plane look at us. Just kidding. I totally didn't. I hate you. He snorted. I like making you jealous. You're too easy, he said, smiling. He could tell I was still a bit peeved by his comment. Honestly, it was some woman with two kids who, if they weren't yelling, they were crying. Serves you right. He laughed again. You know, you were so much more relaxed at Kakadu, he said. He leaned in and spoke quietly. And I just happened to know how to really relax you. So if you want to head to the bathroom first, I'll follow. I coughed as some poor bastard took his seat next to Travis. I wasn't particularly hiding my sexuality anymore. But I wasn't up for lewd comments in front of the unsuspecting public either. I gave him a behave-yourself glare, and as Travis struck up a conversation with the guy next to him, I bid that man a silent good luck, put my earphones on, and closed my eyes. I'd barely shut my eyes for ten minutes before Travis tapped my leg. I blinked, realising we were now up in the air. I pulled off the headphones. What? Swap seats, he urged, standing up. I looked at the guy who was sitting on the other side, and without time to wonder what happened, I slid over, with some degree of difficulty given the tight space and Travis standing in front of me. Travis didn't look pissed off, or even worried, so I figured the guy now next to me was harmless. I gave the man a nod and indicated Travis. Did he say something inappropriate? He was mid-thirties with short brown hair that was kind of grayed at his temples. He had a thick-set build, and the stereotype that he played rugby was typified by his bean-broken nose. He laughed. No, not at all. Good, I answered flatly. I wasn't going to apologize. I just could have sympathized with you, that's all. Travis whacked my arm with the back of his hand. He leaned forward so he could include all three of us in the conversation. Charlie, I wanted to introduce you. Trav said with a would-you-shut-up look in his eye. Blake Burgess? This is Charlie Sutton. The name meant nothing to me, but Blake's eyebrow flicked. Charlie Sutton? As in Sutton Station? The one and only, I said, wondering who the hell this guy was and how he'd heard of me. I gave a quick glance to Travis to get him to explain. Blake here was just telling me what he does for a living, Travis said. Thought you two might like to chat. I was confused, and when I turned back to Blake, he was smiling at me. I'm a buyer for Woolworths. More specifically, I source out beef suppliers for supermarkets across the country. I blinked. Slowly. Twice. Like an idiot. 
Travis laughed quietly beside me and mumbled something that sounded like, Thank you, Travis. Before putting on headphones and before I composed myself to actually speak to this guy. But speak we did. For the next hour and a half, the remainder of our flight, we talked beef. Prices, stock rates, ratios, buying, selling, exporting, breeding. For a suit-wearing guy, he knew his stuff. He probably thought that for an outback dirt junkie, I did okay too. As we were landing, Blake said, Your friend was telling me you've just been to Kakadu. I nodded. Yep. How was that? Wet, I answered. And green. Travis, who I'd thought was asleep, chuckled. Charlie thinks anything that's not red desert sand is abnormal.